This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Climbers, we're going to get into a lot of reality here. So you say you hate marketing and promo because it makes you feel icky, like a door-to-door salesman. In this episode, we're going to dig into what you think you want, what you think you prefer, We're going to go behind the scenes on radio tour with Carly Pierce and a couple other artists. And we're going to compare that to digital promotion. Welcome to The Clown! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is what you're going to need to get ahead, to create revenue, to get the booking agency deal, the management deal. If you want a label deal, you ain't going to do that without a track record and leverage behind it. Believe me. That's why we called it the climb. C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. It's so simple. It's so simple. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, listen, that's a backstrom put together by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who is also a hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Got a couple number ones last year in, in Southern Gospel and got, what, three cuts last week or something? Something already? like You're that. On. You're something in like Fuego, that. my friend, in Fuego. <laughs> and what I love about Brent here is he helps songwriters like you by revealing how to write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then... He gives you regular opportunities to take the final step you need to get into the business, which is to meet with the pros, show them what you can do, and start creating some relationships. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Listen, if you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there's no S because there is no other. Johnny D. I'm older, mostly sober. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I love that line. I freaking love that line. I want a tattoo that says that or something. Well, that is not my line. So that is either uh, Patrick's or Brad's or Chris's. So oh, shout welcome. out to whoever wrote that. Yeah. So happy late birthday, Johnny. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. And thank you I for uh, walking me off the ledge earlier before we started recording. Yeah. <laughs> me and my tech frustrations. You got it. We'll get that straightened out. We'll get that straightened out. It's a little sophisticated, but it ain't rocket science, which means... Less stuff blows up. Yeah, less stuff (laughs) blows up. Not as many lives at stake. Exactly. (laughs) Not as much ends up in the ocean. Yes. But uh, hey, man, today we're going to get down to the dose of reality here on some stuff. And uh, specifically with marketing and promotion and and just get I want to get everybody's head right. And I want them to, uh, you know how the grass is always greener on the other side, man. Like Mm -hmm. I want people to be able to really see what that looks like. So we're going to go behind the scenes with uh, 
Carly Pierce on radio t- uh, promo tour on one of our first ones and get into some really good information. But you're going to be amazed at how the grass is brown over there, too. <laughs> the grass is brown over there, <laughs> how grueling it is, how um, demeaning it can be and what you're playing for. Right. What you're trying yeah. to do. And is the proverbial juice worth the squeeze? Well, you tell me and we'll then we'll kind of compare it to digital and we're going to get in a little bit to a digital why you feel gross when you do it. I think it's important to realize that, look, I get that's a real feeling. I'm not saying you shouldn't feel that way, but I want you to know why you're feeling that way. And when you, when you put it in perspective and you stop doing the things that you need to stop doing, then you're not going to feel that way. It's going to feel good. You know, it's going to feel a lot better and you're going to, and more importantly, you're going to see success and successes. You're going to get your, in front of new, get yourself in front of new eyeballs and start doing that. So before we get into that, let's take care of a little business here. We're super proud to be a part of the American Songwriter Podcast Network. That is a, a brand new, relatively brand new, just turned a year old, I think. The the podcast network on American Songwriter Magazine, if you're familiar with that, been around for 36 years. I hope you are. Yeah. It's astounding the amount of artists that I talk to, or, or at least um Maybe they're interns that I'm talking to because I've been doing a lot of intern interviews, but <laughs> yeah, they don't know what that it. is. I'm like, how do you not know what that is? Like, <laughs> right. It's made of paper. And you're going to, you got a song, you're getting a songwriting degree at Belmont. You know, yeah. You never heard of it? Okay. All right. Well, let's see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but hey, uh, th- there's some great content on there. Guys, if you've been climbers forever and you followed us over to this platform, Go check out some of those other shows. It's all the stuff you love, songwriting, music business stuff, production stuff. If you found us through American Songwriter Podcast Network, welcome to The Climb. We're happy to have you here. Yes. And and uh, we're prepared to, to add value to that. Make sure you join The Climb community. This is a thriving community of singers, songwriters, indie artists, indie musicians just like you give you places to post your wins, talk about your gigs, ask questions where you can get good information from other people. Hey, they tried this with promotion. They tried this with marketing. I did this with songwriting. Songwriters are getting connected in this community mm-hmm. and creating successful songwrites. And I mean successful. I don't mean they just wrote a good song. I mean, it's getting synced. It's generating revenue. There's there's cool stuff that's happening there. So we're super proud about that. It grows every single day. You have to ask to be let in, but we let everybody in mm-hmm. because we're wonderful people. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you consume your podcasts. Leave a rating and review. We're trying to get to 200. And finally, the most important thing you can do really is to Tell a friend about it. I, right. we, we're very grateful for the amount of time that you spend with us here on the podcast. We don't take that lightly at all. Your time is very valuable. We get that. We work real hard to make sure that we can keep your attention for as long as we do. Uh, sometimes we do better at that. Sometimes we don't, but we do, <laughs> we're always trying to. Bottom line is you wouldn't be doing it if you weren't getting something out of it. So please tell a friend about it. Let them know that we can help them too. That's that's the way we grow. and. You know, we're not doing this for our health and you're not doing it for your health. You know, you're doing it because you're getting something out of it. So that's right. There's that. Let's get down to it here. Yeah. What are we talking about today? So Carly Pierce is going to punch us in the face with reality or reality punch her in the face or something. 
Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And I think, and, and there's a couple other artists in there too. What I'm going to do is kind of dig into an article at, in a little bit later in this episode that really gets behind the scenes on, on what radio tour is for artists. Okay. And what that means. And the purpose of me doing this is I want to compare it to digital promo. And I, I speak to so many artists and they just hate promotion. They mm -hmm. hate marketing. I just want to write songs and be an artist. Okay, but if you want to make money at it, then surprise, you're a business. <laughs> and you're Don't not be a promophobe. <laughs> Ooh, Don't I be like so that. promophobic. Don't be so promophobic. I love that. I'm totally stealing that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you're going to be amazed at how similar this stuff is. And I think a lot of you are going to be enlightened like, oh, crap, I thought this golden goose was over here, but this. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of the same crap that I'm not doing here. And bottom line is you are a business. And if you do not promote your business, it doesn't matter how good the widget is. You're not going to sell any. Mm -hmm. And so what, what are you in business for? What's the point? Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're trying to be in business, if you just write songs for fun, God bless. We're not but, saying that, but this is for the artists that are trying to, hey, our songwriters, I'm trying to get some business done. So we're going to go down that road. So first of all, I know that artists think and feel that, that promotion is difficult for any product, right? But it's more mm -hmm. difficult for an artist because they're the product. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now themselves. it's self-promotion, right? Mm -hmm. It's self-promotion. And self-promotion on social media is gross. So they don't do it. They don't like to do it. They feel awkward doing it. It makes them feel bad. It makes them feel icky. Mm -hmm. they, it makes them feel like a used car salesman. I get that. The whole process makes you feel self-conscious, braggadocious, arrogant, maybe even obnoxious. And I think a lot of you are feeling that way because you're coming across that way. <laughs> well, a lot not of you feel like, feel like a jerk because, well, you're coming across like a jerk. Okay. You're coming okay. Across like, that's not to say that you are a jerk <laughs> and that's not to say that you are any of these things, but without realizing it, you are by, con by conflating what works on a broadcast platform with what works on a digital platform, you are coming across that way. Mm -hmm. All right. So I want to just build this base real quick. And once again, because I don't think we can say this enough on this podcast is, 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 is clarify the difference between the two and why some of you may be feeling this way. And hopefully we'll get in a couple more heads this week and they'll have that aha moment, that epiphany. And then we're going to talk about radio tour and really go deep dive. And, and I think it's, it's, it's going to be more valuable to you if we do this one step first. Okay. All right. So why, why you feel icky is, is, is some of you just don't like sales, period, and I get mm -hmm. that. And you couldn't even sell another product. You're just not that person. You're full of feelings. You've got a lot of feelings. <laughs> right. But I don't like to share those feelings about things <laughs> because right. anytime I share feelings about something, it's kind of sales, believe it or not. Yeah. And yeah. And you, you do it more often than you think. But yeah. let's just talk about a lot of you run into this because, by the way, the industry does this too. Even pro artists do this. It's it's important to make the difference. So let's discuss real quick one more time. Let's break down broadcast versus digital. Broadcast is one to many, and digital is one to ones. What are you trying to do? You're trying to convince people. 
whether you like it or not, if you are a songwriter and, and you are an artist and you're trying to get your art in front of new eyeballs who don't know you from a can of paint, you are trying to convince them to listen to your music, to give a crap about you. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what you're trying to do. And how you go about convincing somebody in a broadcast platform, which is one to many, is vastly different than how you go about convincing anybody of anything on a digital platform, which is one-to-one. There's an inherent difference in there. And guys, this is confusing. And your confusion, you come by it honestly because you've only been marketed to, for the most part, via broadcast platform. Mm -hmm. So everything that you think is cool that really works over here works on broadcast platforms. But if you confuse that and try to do it on a digital platform, it gets a little rough and it doesn't work. And not only doesn't it work, I'm going to illustrate to you how it has a polar opposite effect. It's not, it's bad enough when what you're doing and you're working real hard, it just doesn't work. It's even worse when they hate you. (laughs) Yeah. Right. When it has, when it has a very provocative response, that's negative. Yeah. Okay. And there's a reason for that. Let's go back to this actual Rose example. I've said this before, but this is just Mm -hmm. a great illustration. In a broadcast situation, which is one to many, whether we're aware of it or not, whether we believe it or not, and whether we like it or not, the crowd factors into our experience and also our decision making. Mm-hmm. Many of us don't like to admit that that's the case, right? But that's the case. Even if you're the person that's part of the group of people who always thinks for themselves and never does what the crowd does, you are part of a crowd of people who <laughs> always, <laughs> always think, for, think themselves. for themselves. And, and never, never do does what, what the crowd, crowd does, does right? right? It's like the old rush line, you know, even if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Yeah. You just have to deal with that. Just picture Axl Rose, sold out stadium, 100,000 people. And he's like, everybody get your cell phones up in the air, right? And he motions his hand as if he's going to pull out a cell phone. And maybe he really does, right? Mm-hmm. And then everybody does it, right? We all yeah. do it at that show because we're there. We're prepared to love this situation. To lo- We spent a lot of money to come and, and be a part of this group. Yeah. Now, some of us pull out our cell phones because Axel told us to, but most of us pull out our cell phones. Why? Everybody else did. Because everybody else is doing it. That's called social proof, right? That's the power of broadcast. Put this in a more real situation in your own life. If you've ever been with a group of people, maybe you've got a group of friends and they've got this new friend that you don't know and you meet this friend and for whatever reason that friend rubs you the wrong way, you get a bad vibe about this person. Mm -hmm. Man, if it was a one-on-one situation, you'd probably tell them to go take a long walk off a short pier. (laughs) Yeah. But, But there's so many of your friends around it or even they don't even have to be your friends. They could be just a crowd of people that you don't know who seem to like this person. Mm Mm-hmm then you're going to be more apt to question or second guess your negative vibe on that person, right? Well, maybe I'm missing something, right? Because all these other people like them. This is human nature. Again, this is the power of broadcast, right? I think about a standing ovation after a show. There's two Mm -hmm. kinds of standing ovations. There's the resounding standing ovation where everybody just stands up and you're blown away and you're like, oh my God, right? Yeah. That was the most moving experience I've ever had. And then there is that slow standing ovation where a couple people stand up, then a couple more people stand up, Mm -hmm. and then a couple more people stand up. And here's the reality. At some point, as they continue to pop up, as the tipping point begins to get there, you get closer and closer to making a statement by sitting down. Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So maybe you didn't we, think you know, right we away hit that, that in was... church on Sunday mornings, you know, that last song, whatever, you know, if they don't ask you to stand up, you know, some people start standing up and then you're like, well, I love Jesus less because I'm not standing up for this one. Exactly. Exactly. At one point I'm you sitting st- down. Uh, okay. Am I the weirdo now? Yeah. It's sadly. No, but think, but yeah. think about what causes that, what causes that thought process. You all know what I'm talking about now, but it's the crowd. Oh, yeah. It's the crowd, the information from the crowd. I'll be perfectly honest. Sometimes in church, I'm like, yeah, I want to stand up because I'm feeling it. Other times, you know, some people start popping up and you're like, oh, no. Oh, here it comes. Don't make me stand. (laughs) Don't make me stand stand. up or I'm going to be the sitter. (laughs) Yeah. What What am I going to be? How about if I just close (laughs) my eyes and just feel like I'm feeling it? I don't have to stand. <laughs> but if I'm looking around, then I'm responsible for standing up because then they know I know they're standing. But if I just got my because eyes I closed, like I'm in prayer, like a, or I'm, I'm just it, it feeling the words, then it's like I didn't know people were standing up. I was having my own experience. So that's I, I a little was, bit in my head in some mornings on at church. God bless me. I was in the moment. That's real. That's real. That's real. I like just that. keeping it real. So now let's talk about how that juxtaposes and how that works against a, a one-to-one exchange, okay? And so we're going to take a little, just a little, little trail off the main path here. Just <laughs> follow right. me. It won't be very long, I promise, okay? Okay. But let's I'll talk let you know about if you get one too of the close most, to a Nexus event. That's right. Let, okay. Let's talk about one of the most sacred places that you have in your life, that you've ever had in your life, and that you will always have in your life, and that is your kitchen table. I was going to say the bathroom, kid- but yes, go ahead. <laughs> Hey, that's pretty sacred too. That's pretty sacred. But you don't do a lot of sharing in the bathroom. No, think, no. Right? Uh, who, it depends on who. Yeah. It depends on what happens and who comes in next. Yeah. <laughs> As to what they get to share. <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> so there's three different categories of people that ever have made it to your kitchen table. Category one, obviously, is family and friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're always around that kitchen table. That's where everything happens, right? Yeah. That's where it always happens at a party. Category number two is friends, a family of friends mm-hmm. or referrals. These are people that because they were brought in by somebody that you know you're prepared to like them up until the point that they prove otherwise. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And that happens. But they're coming in with some credit. Right. Right. They're coming in with some clout. Okay. The third person that makes it the third category of people that makes it to your kitchen table is a very rare once mm-hmm. in a blue moon. And that is a salesperson. This mm-hmm. person that you hate, right? Yeah. The reason they make it from the front door to the kitchen table is because they have something that you want to purchase and you're seriously considering purchasing it. Let's say the salesperson selling cell phones. Okay. Now okay. they make it to the door. Just work with me on the example here. At that moment, in a one-to-one exchange, there is no crowd to get information from. You don't have any other information. It's just you and that other person. So in this exchange, one-to-one, whether we are aware of it or not, whether we like it or not, whether we believe it or not, you have to get one piece of business out of the way before you can talk about anything that you're supposed to be talking about in that exchange. And that is, do I think this person gives a crap about me and my family? Mm-hmm. You're in the limbic mode of your brain. It's fight or flight. That person could be a psychopath. 
maybe they're a serial killer dressed up like a salesperson. And this is the gig. You don't know. Yeah. All these things can run through your head because you're not sure. They do something weird or they say something weird. It, it, it throws you off. It's not until that salesperson is able to settle you down, have some casual conversation, get to know you a little bit, where you get to feel like, okay, I think I like them enough where you come out of the limbic part of your brain, you go into the neocortex, which is logical. And now you're ready to receive some information about the brand, the quality, mm -hmm. the delivery, the installation, the warranty, the payments, all that kind of stuff. And, and get to the part where, is this something that I can use right now? Is this something I can afford? You, you can't have any of those thoughts until you get out of the limbic part of your brain. So it's the, it's the old saying, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It's that that's exactly that right. kind of thing. Yeah, that's exactly right. So in that exchange, the salesperson has to love you first. They have mm -hmm. to get you on board because you don't. If, if think about it, if you don't like that person, you don't care if they're giving it away. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I, get out of my house. Okay. So this is crazy. So uh, while I was back in college at Arkansas State, go Red Wolves. Uh, there was one of our I was in a, I was a marketing minor, basically took, had a marketing minor. So uh, one of our teachers was telling us about customer experiences and, and she's like, you know, there's that one store over on Highland and whatever. She's like, there's that store there and it was a subway. And I went there, I just had a really bad experience and they were just not nice to me. Well, you know what? It closed and now it's a something else and I still won't go there. Yeah. Like she explained the building. Like <laughs> wouldn't the even go back bad to the building. The employees <laughs> were gone. The there wasn't even the same business. There's like a gas station now. She's like, and I still won't go there. I'm like, it's a yep. building. Anyway, that that's freaked deep. me out. But I'm like, okay. That's but anyway, that, well, that's real. Apparently. This is why you know people hate salespeople. Because mm -hmm. nobody wants to be sold. Everybody wants to buy, but nobody wants to be sold. Right. Let's make this illustration happen now. So we've come back off the path here. You understand the kitchen table. Now, pretend it's not somebody famous like Axl Rose, but let's say that that cell phone salesman is standing on your kitchen table. It's just you and him, and he's delivering the same message that Axl did using the same language in exactly the same tone. Hey, Brent, get your cell phone up in the air. Come on. Right. It's really awkward. It's going to give you a chance for your – for your goosebumps to go down a little bit because <laughs> yeah. it's so it's so chillingly awkward. Oh. It's so you're like, what just happened? Right. Right. So think about that though. Totally works over here on a broadcast platform. Right. And if mm. you are an artist and you are singing to more than one person, that's broadcasting. And if you can control that audience and you know how to put them in the palm of your hand, then you know this stuff works over there. Mm -hmm. doesn't work over here on digital. In fact, not only does it is it not effective, but it's a turnoff. It's the opposite effect. So I hate the building, to use your <laughs> example now. All right, yeah. It has the opposite effect. This is a one-to-one -one exchange, okay? There's no crowd to help you. When you are in a one-to-one -one exchange and you're the artist and you are with a cold audience with somebody who doesn't know you from a can of paint, guess what? You're what? the salesperson. Oh. You're the salesperson. 
So if you go in with the, hey, how you doing? I'm Bob. We've got the best siding you ever had. We've got the best shingles. We've got everything. I can take care of you. Hey, yellow, that's a nice dog. Is that great? What is this your mom? Hey, nice frame. Yeah. Come on down to Spatula City. Spatula City. Spatula City. Yeah. Everything yeah. you hate about it, that's exactly how you're acting. If you don't start off with, hey, I'm Johnny. Nice to meet you, man. This is a great house. Like what, how long have you lived here? Like what, tell me about your family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where you just have to love them first. There has to be some give and take because when you are in that one-on-one exchange on digital, you're the salesperson. But if you try to behave like you're broadcasting, you're going to come off like a jerk, even yeah. though in your mind, you're thinking this totally works. On this other horse, when I'm on stage, they love this. <laughs> yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. When I'm giving an interview, they love it. When I do my rap in between songs and I tell the story, they love that. Mm-hmm. But might not work here on digital. So you're starting to see how you can make some honest mistakes in here. Then you get that negative reaction and you feel kind of slimy, okay? You're the salesperson at the table. You've got to love them first. You've got to add value to them first before they're going to relax and get to know you. And they're not going to listen to your music before they get to know you. Mm-hmm. Period. So the artist has to make a relationship with the fan or the future fan or the consumer first before the music can happen, which is different from broadcast where they make a relationship with the music first. This is why you sometimes feel like a slimy salesperson when you're promoting. It's understanding. I mean, let me save you the suspense. They're always going to initially feel like you're a slimy salesperson at the very beginning. Yeah. Until you love them first. Think about how you feel when somebody pops into your feet. Like, oh, what's this about? (laughs) Yeah. Right? You haven't even pressed play yet on the video. Like, oh, boy, this ought to be interesting. Yeah. Or you can just kind of see it coming. You sort of feel it until something happens. It's like, hey, are you the kind of person that loves blue T-shirts and you need free T-shirts or something? Here's a free T-shirt. Here's a here's a life hack. Yeah. I saw this baby hack on Facebook the other day. I don't have a baby. Hmm. On a baby with a onesie. Mm-hmm. They're like, take that onesie when you unsnap it, right? Because you got to change the diaper. Yeah. And they're like, take that onesie and wrap it around their arms. <laughs> okay, so it gets their arms straight so that you can get the business done and taking care of the diaper. It's like, you're welcome. Just yeah. a great little video and a life hack. Now, I watched that. I don't even have a baby. It's not relevant and personal to me. But I thought, well, that was fascinating the way they did that. Oh, the one important life hack I've learned from TikTok is when a baby would be crying and then they would just throw a, a slice of like Velveeta cheese on their face. The cheese. Yeah, the cheese on the face. Have you seen that? I shared that. It was awesome. It was the sound effect. Slap. And then it stops. (laughs) (laughs) And just like, what? Have you tried that with Hazel? No, I need to. Come on. I I so need to try that. I think she's doing dairy right now. We're still trying not to do dairy. So that could backfire. In case she gets to eat it. Oh, yeah. You can get it close to her. She's probably going to put it in her mouth. We'll try to hit her on top of that. I don't know. You got to aim right. So I need to try that because she gives us plenty of opportunity. So here's the deal, guys. If you don't love them first or add value to them first in a one-to-one exchange on a cold audience here, then you are, in fact, a slimy salesperson to them, which means you are, in fact, a slimy salesperson, the person you don't want to be. Right. Okay. And you may be unintentionally trying to do that. But if you try to the pump charm and performance techniques that work 
during your live show while you're promoting on a digital platform, you're going to come off like a slimy salesperson too. But if you do love them first, if you do add value, they're more apt to get to know you and follow you and consume your content, which means you're more likely to listen to your music. Too many of you prefer to hold on to the dream or the idea that you need a record deal because you feel like, now we're going to get into this stuff here with with uh, Carly, Carly, okay? Yeah. You, you feel like the record deal is going to do all the the slimy, gross work, the icky work of being the salesperson and promoting you. After all, they're the label, that's their job, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the reality is kind of, but not really. Have you ever thought of the idea of radio tour as glamorous? Did that ever sound cool to you? Let's get into it a little bit. So there's a great article that I'm going to dig into here that was in Washington Post. This article is old. It's 2017. Mm-hmm. The title of the article is The Radio Tour is Not for the Week. <laughs> Inside the First Step to Country Music Stardom. Okay. Okay. And this is June 15th, 2017. The minutes tick by in a chilly conference room on a Sunday on a sunny day, excuse me, in March, as country singer Carly Pierce stands on a small stage. Her fingers brush over her blue and white beaded bracelets wrapped around a tattoo on the inside of her left wrist that reads, quote, she believes she could, so she did, end hmm. quote. She got the tattoo years ago after she lost her first record deal. When she played guitar, she would look down and see the words and believe her career wasn't over before it really started. Wow. Now Pierce, at this time, who's 27 years old, has another record deal. The day she signed with Big Machine Label Group in January, President Scott Bruschetta popped the bottle of champagne from the year Taylor Swift joined the label. Pierce, he said, could be the most important female artist we've signed since Taylor, end quote. Hmm. So the pressure's on for Carly Pierce because her record deal is only the beginning. Now Pierce has to impress three people in this conference room at Bull 94.9 FM, one of Atlanta's country stations. The assistant program director arrives. So does the music director. They sit and wait for the program director. That's the boss. Mm -hmm. Except he never shows up. He's pulled into another meeting. Hey, climbers, welcome to some help. That's right. We want to turn you on to a professional service by our sponsor, BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp. Listen, as singers, songwriters, and artists, our greatest strength is sometimes our greatest weakness, and that is our emotional intensity. Listen, it helps you create great art, but it can also torpedo not just your career, but your life. And we don't want the bad stuff. We just want the great art. We want your emotions to be a source of help, not hurt. And that brings us to BetterHelp.com. Sorry, guys, it's not a crisis line. This is not a self-help line. This is a professional counseling service that's done securely online. You can do it from the comfort of your own home. And as an artist and as somebody who deals with artists, the licensed professional counselors that they have, the stuff they specialize in, I'm going to read you just a quick little list. I've had to deal with all these at one point or another, either myself or with other artists. So this is real stuff. Depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, trouble sleeping. A lot of us have had traumas, anger, family conflicts, if LGBTQ matters, grief from loss is something, a loved one maybe. And and just about every artist I know, I don't, I don't think I know one that doesn't secretly have a little self-esteem issue going on. So here's somebody you can talk to. 
That's right. And you can start communicating with them in under 48 hours. So you don't have to wait long to start talking to somebody. Also, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available, which is great. I'm always happy to see that. And the service is available for clients worldwide, meaning you don't have to just find somebody local who understands you, but that you might run into at the grocery store. You can find counselors worldwide. So it doesn't matter where you are. That's right, guys. If you want to dig down a little deeper on this, there's a ton of testimonials that you can research that are on their website at betterhelp.com. And this podcast is just because we want you to win. We don't want this stuff to get in the way of your artist career. So if this can help, then we want to help you help yourself. So as a climber, you get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor, betterhelp.com slash songwriter. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash songwriter. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. So if the program directors like you on radio tour, they could add your music to their stations. It could move from light to medium to heavy rotation. If enough stations follow suit, your song could climb to number one in the charts. So your label could finally release your debut album because they're not going to release the album until they see some heat Mm -hmm. on, on the single. And then you could move from, an afternoon act on a side stage to an opener on the main stage. You could get nominated for awards and earn gold records. You could launch your own club tour, then an arena tour, and eventually become a bona fide country star. By the way, this is a country music example, but this is true for rap, rock, pop, anything. It's a long regimented road for the lucky ones who make it, one that is deeply ingrained in the very traditional Nashville system. And by the way, there's traditional systems in all the genres. With the exception of a few artists, radio airplay is critical to mainstream country success. This is 2017, by the way. Yeah. Even in 2017, an era of YouTube, Spotify, and curated playlists, radio is the gatekeeper and it all starts with the radio tour. 
So for months, singers such as Pierce travel thousands of miles across America to personally introduce themselves and play music for radio programmers. They focus on the approximately 172 country stations whose ratings make up the billboard and media-based charts out of about 1,850 total country stations in the United States. This Nashville Rite of Passage is the modern-day version of door-to-door sales. Oh, look at that. Wait a second. What? Is that, I thought we were talking about cool radio tour here. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I'm going to read that again. This Nashville Rite of Passage is the modern-day version of door-to-door sales. Bye. Each radio tour can cost a label hundreds of thousands of dollars, and there's absolutely no guarantee that it's going to work. Yeah. Country music is the third largest radio format in the nation, behind Top 40 and Adult Contemporary, reaching 68 million listeners a week, according to Nielsen. While pop stars tend to visit the big markets and hip-hop artists also frequent smaller stations, the relationship between country radio and the genre singers has always been uniquely close. In a format that puts a premium on authenticity and connecting with everyday listeners, Access is not only appreciated, but it's also expected. They want access to the star. Yeah, they do. They want to know the artist. A solid bond with radio can go a long way for career longevity. At the Country Radio Seminar Conference, they call that CRS here in Nashville, in February, get this, Vince Gill called a group of programmers, quote, a room full of people who are responsible for all of our dreams. In a way, we're beholden to you, Hmm. end quote. That's Vince Gill. Hall of Famer. Kowtowing. Yeah. Hall of Famer kowtowing to radio. 2019 CRS, Garth Garth performed. It was sold out. You know why? Because all those radio people are freaking Garth fans because he's the GOAT. Right? Yeah. You know what Garth says in between songs? Please put me back on radio. Yeah. And of course they're like, we love you. Sing that favorite hit that we love. No. <laughs> he can't get back on radio. So that's a little bit of a soul-sucking, groveling, butt-kissing. Mm-hmm. All right, it's Johnny talking, ass-kissing. Yeah. Like, come on. Brown-nosing. Those relationships start with radio tours, which can be traced back to the 1960s when Loretta Lynn drove around to ask stations to play I'm a Honky Tonk Girl. The tours are an advantage to programmers who have limited space to play new songs on their stations. They say the chance to meet new acts early on, you know, can they really sing? Are they mm-hmm. personable? Will they go the distance? This exchange is invaluable. Radio is in the advertising business. If stations make an investment in an artist, it has to pay off. Mm-hmm. So singers describe radio tours as an exciting way to tour the country while meeting new people, but it's often grueling. You're essentially on multiple job interviews every day for months. Hmm. And under pressure to charm people who you're repeatedly told hold the keys to your future. No pressure. Yeah, that's right. As a newcomer, Chris Lane, 32, put it, radio tour is not for the weak. It involves endless hours in a rental car or bus or an airplane traveling with a regional radio representative. You might start at the crack of dawn with vocal warm-ups before a visit to one station in the morning, another meeting or two in the afternoon, and maybe dinner with a station that runs late into the night, and then you have to be up in a few hours to travel again. And you better stay in a good mood. Yeah, and you better be yeah, you better be on mm-hmm. for months at a time. Yeah. 
Performances vary. Sometimes you play for a handful of people. Some stations have little stages and invite their listeners to come in. Mm-hmm. Or they stream your performance on Facebook Live. This is super fun. Sometimes if they have partnerships with other businesses, a.k.a. their advertisers, yeah. such as a restaurant, a home goods expo, or a mattress store, Ooh. <laughs> they'll ask you to play there too. Hey, be a good boy. Be a good girl. Go over and play a couple songs for my friends over at you know, Joe Blow's mattress store. All right. He's got crazy deals. <laughs> <laughs> and you go and you do it. Mm-hmm. Because... You need to make these people happy. Because you're going to the mattresses. You're going to the (laughs) mattresses. That's right. For your music career. The program director says, my house is on the way back from the mattress store. If you don't mind stopping off and mowing the lawn for me, I'd appreciate that. (laughs) You do that too. Right? The thing you can't be really prepared for is the lack of sleep, said Brett Young, 36, a breakout star, whose quick success meant that a tour beyond a more typical 12-week span. I have some great friendships with program directors and music directors, but you do get the end of a nine-month stretch like that, and your body starts falling apart. He's like, in case you didn't know, stuff yeah. is hard. <laughs> but So another artist talked about a trip to the doctor in a strange city where he found out that his pain was a symptom of extreme exhaustion. <laughs> Rock and roll. Extreme exhaustion. Think about that. I mean, we're talking like body grueling, right? Body grueling. All those singers receive an advance when they sign a record deal. Here's another thing that's really exciting that they don't tell you uh, <laughs> on, on MTV. Although singers receive an advance when they sign a record deal, they don't receive a daily rate during radio tour. While the, nav- while the label initially foots the bill for the costs, and it varies, but they can run 7000 to 10000 bucks a week or more, really, mm-hmm. for things including travel, taking station staffers out to meals or drinks because you got to go out and hobnob mm-hmm. and go party with them if that's what they want to do. Whatever they want to do. If they want to stay up late, you stay up late. If they want to mm-hmm. go bowling, you go bowling. Right. If they want to go ride horses, you go ride horses. This, the station forks out all the money, and the label can usually you know, is hope, or is hoping to recoup that money from the artist's future earnings. Radio tour was the hardest time in my life, says Kelsey Ballerini, 23. She recently told radio host Bobby Bones on his podcast. She said, I was exhausted. You don't get paid. <laughs> you don't get paid. So, by the way, you, get, you sign a record deal, and do you think you stop working your day job? Well, until you get no. fired because you're on the road for free. until you get get fired but you don't get paid but everyone else around you does yeah right so you know in this case carly pierce is out with a guitar player Mm -hmm. who's playing guitar and accompanying her and singing harmony and some dude playing cone Mm -hmm. okay so she's got a little like a little like a little radio tour band uh very small Mm -hmm. but those guys are getting paid for sure label yeah okay but they're they're not paying carly Right. This is uh, Kelsey Ballerini. I remember there was one time where I couldn't pay my rent when I got home. And it was actually during my Grand Ole Opry debut. Wow. In juxtaposition. <laughs> the highs the, and the lows, the baby. The dichotomy of that, right? Yeah. It's like the be- greatest moment in my life, my dream. I'm going to be on the Grand Ole Opry finally. And all my family and friends were there. And I was like, do I ask my parents to pay for my rent? <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? 
Yeah. Okay. I'm a, I'm finally on the Grand Ole Opry stage, and I'm never leaving because I got no <laughs> place to go. I got no place to go. Right. Ballerini's 22-week radio tour was worth it. Last year, she became the first woman in country music history to have her first three singles go number one, which fueled her debut album the first time to go gold certified status. In February, she was nominated for Best New Artist at the Grammy Awards. That's the light at the end of the tunnel that artists hope for. But as many emphasize, the alternate is sitting at home not playing your music. Mm-hmm. Everyone warned us this will be one of the most strenuous things you've ever done, said Johnny McGuire. He's a member of the duo Walker-McGuire with Jordan Walker. They recently embarked on a radio tour to promote their first single, Till Tomorrow. But at the end of the day, Jordan and I were doing what we've always wanted to do. I think it's all just relative for us. It's not bad. We love it. Walker agreed. It seems so far-fetched five years ago that when I moved to town, I'm thinking to myself, my song is going to be on country radio. That would have been crazy to think about. And now I'm choked up just thinking about it because it's happening. So... Pierce takes it in stride. We're back to Carly Pierce now. Mm -hmm. She takes it in stride when the Atlanta program director, Brian Michael, misses her performance. Later, Michael says he wishes he would have been there, but he trusts his colleagues to report back to him. Still, after she sings for other radio employees who burst into enthusiastic applause and sits for a station interview in which the assistant program director, Angie Ward, dubs her a singer with a quote-unquote beautiful smile and a beautiful voice, an uneasy silence falls over Pierce's team as they walk out of the building. This was not how the visit scheduled long ago was supposed to play out. Mm-hmm. For Carly, guys, for Carly, for the artist, it's their only career. Yeah, this is a big deal. For the program director, it's a Tuesday. Ouch. Yeah, for her, it's like if we can get in this market. If we don't get this market, we're not going to get – we're not going to crack the top 20, right? Certain yeah. markets, you don't Especially get in there. Like Atlanta. Yeah, you don't get in Atlanta, you're not making the top 20, right? If you don't get spins there. Yeah, you want to know something else too? You know who knows that? The program directors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they are your God. It's like, I want to be a musician. I want to be a musician because I don't have a boss anymore. Actually, oh. I need to tell you this. <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Somebody who doesn't give a crap about you, who just feels like they can walk all over you and end your career whenever they want to. Like that kind of a boss? That kind of, yeah, that kind of boss. I don't, I don't want to have that kind of boss. I think I'll just go into music. So Carly and her team shake it off because they have to immediately head to the next Atlanta station. Pierce offers the story of a fellow singer on radio tour who performed a deeply emotional track only to have the program director leave in the middle of her performance to get a candy bar from the vending machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's um, let that sink in. Just let that sink in for a second. Again, this is a Tuesday for him. Yeah, uh, but I'm hungry right now. Oh, that song's pretty sweet. Speaking of sweet, I got a little bit of a sweet tooth myself, and I'm gonna go get <laughs> yeah. a Snickers. So when it comes to radio tours, Pierce has learned to expect the unexpected. You think it's going out to promote your music. You think it's going out to be like a star and, and to finally live mm-hmm. your dream. But really what you're doing is you you have to – it's all about the program director. Yeah. Which sounds like huh, a one-to-one exchange. Huh, weird. Huh, look at that. Oh, that's interesting. Like in the service business. It's how the Kentucky native has approached her whole career. This is Carly Pierce again. She landed a publishing deal as a writer after she moved to Nashville at age 19, then a developmental record deal that fell through. The buzz around her disappeared. Mm -hmm. 
and she babysat and cleaned Airbnb rental units while she figured out her next move. In 2015, her publisher put her in contact with Busby, a hip-hop producer looking to work with country singers. They clicked immediately, and with Emily Shackleton, she wrote Every Little Thing, a haunting ballad about a failed relationship. And then she got lucky because Sirius XM's country station, The Highway, put it in rotation last year, and the song began selling 6,000 copies a week, which that sounds like leverage. That sounds mm-hmm. like a track Like record. she created a little leverage, yeah. And have we talked about this before? And then what oh, happened oh. soon? Borchetta was in touch. Huh, weird. Stop, Borchetta reached out. Hey. Hey. And now Pierce's career is back on at full speed ahead. A slow song from a new singer is risky in a generally up-tempo world of country radio. Have we ever talked about that? <laughs> the women already have a tough time getting airplay, but in the middle of a radio tour, every little thing landed the coveted On The Verge distinction from iHeartMedia Radio Group. So all the company's country stations are required to play it a certain number of times. Currently in the top 25, it's picking up steam. Uh, John Loba, executive vice president of BBR Music Group, has a rule. It'll probably be a cold day in hell before I don't send a new act on radio tour. This is 2017. Mm -hmm. By the way, this is 2021. So four years later, less artists are breaking on the radio than 2017. Yeah. In 2017, less artists are breaking on the radio than 2000. Mm -hmm. But they're still going on a radio tour. They're still going on radio tour. Darn right about that. Mm-hmm. Lobez learned this lesson every time he wondered if the model was outdated. When he signed the band Parmalee, he didn't send the group on full tour, but only to stations in cities where it was already where they were already playing a concert. Parmalee's debut single didn't take off in 2012, and Lobez's promotional team told him, radio wonders what we're hiding, or if Parmalee is too good to visit them. Yeah. Who is Parmalee, you ask? Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Same with Justin Moore in 2008, who launched his first single with just a video. When it got to a lukewarm reception, Lobo was told radio doesn't know who he is. They feel like they've got no relationship, so they're not going to give him the benefit of the Whoa, doubt. Well, they feel like they don't have a what relationship. Oh, where? Huh? That, what, that, does that that cuts oh, against uh, everything we've talked about for like five this years is now? Not, oh, this no, is the record label creating that relationship for me. Hmm. I thought that was. But their they sent job. a video. It's in a video. It's in a video. <laughs> right. A video. How did that oh, work? Oh, boy. <laughs> so in the end, Loba sent Parmalee and more on traditional radio tutors for their second singles. And guess what? Both went to number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure it was partly music-based, Loba said, but it also had absolutely had to do with the fact that programmers could now say, I get it. I believe in this act. Yeah. And by the way, I'm a radio programmer. I decide. You don't send them here. It's disrespectful. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you got to kiss the ring. Or some other yeah, parts. Kiss the ring. Yeah. yeah. Or kiss their ass. Yeah. So program directors reiterate that it all comes down to the quality of the music. Although if they meet an artist who really shines in person, it could give that act an edge. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And if they make me feel like they know I know that I'm the boss, mm-hmm. then you know how you got to kiss your boss's ass and you're sick of that? Back to Brent's point. Now you got a bunch of bosses. A yeah, wide you know, variety a of-, of posteriors. 127. It's like an assortment. It's like a box of chocolates. Ooh, what posterior am I going to get today? This one might be caramely, nutty. You never know what you're going to get. Exactly. (laughs) If you're respectful and treat people with kindness no matter what, you're always viewed in favorable light, said Mojo Roberts, program director for the Bull 98.7 FM in Portland, Oregon. That's any artist, any person, and any line of work. However, said Chris Daniels, program director for the Coyote 102.7 FM in Las Vegas, if the song doesn't test well, it doesn't matter how good their personality is. Mm -hmm. 
explain a little bit about testing. Well, my understanding of it is they play it maybe late, late night, overnight kind of thing and try to get yeah, some data or they do morning. something like that or the pick it or flick it or the, some of that stuff where they try to. Yeah. Usually it's overnight. It's very early in the morning and they're looking for, do people call in? Do they do this? Do they do that? When they hear the song for the first time. While singers hesitate to publicly say anything negative about radio for fear of the consequences. Mm-hmm. Behind closed, they don't want to be canceled by the program. No. Behind closed doors, there is talk of of radio tour horror stories, including dismissive radio staffers and offensive comments, particularly towards young female singers. Mm -hmm. Programmers have anecdotes of singers who come through the station who aren't ready for primetime who behave inappropriately. Some artists are afraid of doing anything, even accidentally, that could offend radio. Ryan Hurd, a new artist whose debut single is Love in a Bar, recalls when he had to cancel a visit because he needed to return home to Nashville for personal reasons. He and his manager were generally worried to tell the station about it. We were really nervous because the perception is that if you scorn radio ever, that's your shot. You blew it, Hurd Mm -hmm. said. But when the manager called the station, the staffers understood the situation and agreed to reschedule. It was a valuable lesson. Radio Tour has gotten such a reputation for being difficult and for being so much harsher than it actually is that you forget these are real people who still love music, Hurt said. There's a human element to this that people often overlook. By the way, this is a public article. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Hurt's talking laughs> yeah, about exactly. Radio. So radio like, looks good. You know, get, get Ryan Hurt out to a cocktail. That that story might change, right? Right, yeah. So, um, I, I, you know, one thing, just a little sidebar, one thing I'm wondering about. Okay, so if they're testing this stuff late at night, right? Three in the morning, whatever. Now, who's up to listen is a subset of the general population, right? Yeah. So I think if it's a new art, like if it's a new Kenny Chesney song, they're going to play it. New Tim McGraw, they're going to play it, right? Because right. they're they're the they're tried and true. Man, yeah, exactly. You're going to play it. Now I'm wondering if if that's why. So what are you up doing at 3 a.m.? You're you're either depressed or you're partying or you're working. You're doing blow, yeah. Right? <laughs> but the soccer moms aren't up, right? Yep. The family guy, the family men usually aren't up, right? So unless it's maybe That's a right. weekend and they're having a boys weekend or whatever. So I wonder if that affects the kind of songs that test well. Because if you, if you play that, you know, soccer mom type song that's a little bit more aimed at them, they're not up unless they're rocking a baby. Yep. And I wonder, I'm just curious if that affects more tempo, light stuff, party stuff, maybe test better because those are the, the folks that are up. I don't know. Just maybe, curious. I don't know. Maybe. And, and I'll tell you, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that factor into that. I mean, we have to remember this. Like when you factor in that radio is a sinking ship. Mm-hmm. It's a sinking ship. Yeah. CBS Columbia Broadcasting System, CBS, as we know, it started out as a radio station broadcasting service long before TV was invented, okay? And a few years back, they sold all of their radio stations. Mm -hmm. That's the cornerstone of that whole corporate DNA. Yeah. They sold it. Why? Because it wasn't making any money. Yeah. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. That's right. Right? I'm going to wrap this up here, guys. I want you to compare the time spent on radio tour, right? Mm-hmm. With Because uh, let's take uh, Ray Lynn, for example. I love her voice. She has one of the most identifiable female voices. Yeah, she's cool. 
I think. And I know she's a great writer. And she she's had two number ones, I think, after winning The Voice, right? Something like that. And uh, where is she now? Something like that. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, and, who, and who heard those number ones? Apparently a lot of people. A lot of people. Because Great. they're number who one. They? Yeah. But who is it? Yeah. How do we get to them again? We have no idea who heard those number ones. Yeah. We got to get a whole bunch of permission for the next single mm-hmm. and the next single and the next single after that. Right. It, and, and you just don't know what's going to happen. So think about the time spent on radio tour, which is time that you're spent away from paying your bills, time you spent away from earning a living, from mm-hmm. making money, right? From your family, from your life, right? You're not seeing your friends on a regular basis. You disappear for months at a time. Yeah. And then you got to come back and reconnect, right? Compare that to successfully promoting on a digital platform. My hope here is that you understand that guess what? You're a salesperson. If you're going to be in this business, you're going to have to handle the one-on-one exchanges, whether you do it on radio or you do it on digital. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to know how that works and how to work that room and how to work that person so that they like you so that you can either get your song on the radio or get them to like you and follow you and then listen to your music if it's on digital. Yeah. It's no different, except you can do the digital stuff while you're sitting on the can. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe not video. Yeah, if I want to do video, but maybe not. Depends on your audience. Not 360 video. Yeah, you yeah, definitely not 360. But, yeah, but you see my point. You don't have to be traveling from here to there to here to there yeah. to here to there to here to there and 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 kissing every ring. You can be doing the same thing and creating creating relationships with people that can move the needle for you, and you can do it from home. You know, this article reveals that radio tour is emotionally and physically exhausting, that it can be demeaning, that it can be heartbreaking when the person that you traveled a thousand miles to come and see, who agreed to take some time and come and see you, doesn't even show up to the meeting Mm -hmm. or just walks out in the middle of your song to get a candy bar and maybe a cup of coffee and take a leak. And, oh, are you done singing? Hey, that was great. Okay, I'm off you go. Yeah. And they just couldn't care less, right? Radio tour is expensive. Mm-hmm. It's your money that they're spending. Radio tour doesn't mean you're going to meet the program director. Doesn't mean the program directors and the station staff will care about you or even listen attentively. Radio tour doesn't mean you're going to get on the radio. If you're a marginal singer but a killer performer, radio tour can be the death of you. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, artists like Mick Jagger, David Lee Roth, Paul Abdul, J Lo. Luke Bryan, these artists can't really sing. They're not going to win American Idol. Right. Right. They're not going to, they don't have that kind of prowess. Yeah. But they're, they're stars. I'm not taking away anything from these artists. They're, this is the kind of artist I was. (laughs) Yeah. They're a star without a doubt, but they can't sing like, it's it's not a a talent show. You know, music business isn't a talent show. Right. And they're not phenomenal vocalists, but they're still rock stars. Yes, they have amazing personalities. But if you're a new artist and you don't have the rock star thing just yet, mm-hmm. woo, you got to go in and try to convince these people that, hey, this is what you should be doing. Yeah. Right? You should be listening to me. You should like me. But you're not moving them with that song. You're not moving them that vocal. How are you going to do it? Right. When it comes down to the artist and the program director, Radio Tutor is generally a one to one exchange. 
If you're stuck at digital promotion because you feel like a slimy, self-promoting, obnoxious used car salesman in a one-to-one exchange, you'll suck at radio promo too. So might as well get used to it now. Yeah, get used to it now. And the other thing too is just that if radio is the, is what you're betting your whole career on, it, it this this is a very 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 expensive way to fail. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll give you an example. Like if Dude, you think about Luke Bryan, it's an expensive way to succeed. And this yeah. is this is exactly what I'm going to explain. So let's take Luke Bryan and let's take Universal Music Group. He's a he's a Universal artist, right? Luke Bryan's six number ones off his last record. Nobody's ever done that in the history of country music. Mm-hmm. This dude is a bona fide knockdown, drag out country icon rock star, right? Yeah. He is a big deal with millions and millions of fans who love, absolutely love Luke Bryan. I mean, I don't get it. I mean, I think he's a cool guy. I probably hang out with him. I like some of his songs. Mm-hmm. They're cool. But he's up on stage. He shakes his butt and girls go, they fall over. It's yeah. like... It's like it's like the the preacher on TV who's like throws his hand at you with the power of Jesus, and, <laughs> right? Slaying and people the whole in the crowd spirit. goes back. Yeah, it, it, that's Luke Bryan's butt, like live, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you've never seen it, you don't understand. But I'm telling you, and you're just like, what just happened? Like, right, you know, yeah. like that, that's all it took. The people who don't like Luke Bryan are equally as passionate. Mm-hmm. They think he's the devil. Oh, yeah. They think he ruined country music. They think he was the gateway to bro country, essentially. Mm-hmm. When Universal Music Group writes a $500,000 check to promote one Luke Bryan single, okay, they're paying half a million dollars to get their artist in front of people that they know can't stand them. Yeah. Put that into perspective. Now, does Luke Bryan and Universal in that relationship care about that at his level? Hell no. no. They don't care at all. But what about the brand new artist on Universal? That's a real expensive way to run out of emotional bank account and a capital bank account with your label and your label deal if you don't figure out how to get it done right first. Mm-hmm. Pick the wrong song. Yeah. So there it is, guys. I, I Digital promotion, cost effective. You know who likes you and who doesn't. You can not worry about contacting the people who don't anymore, and you can retarget the people who do, right? It's much more efficient. Still requires time, though. But if you spend 50% of the time that you'd spend on a, just a, your minimal 12-week radio tour going hard to the paint on digital promotion – for your artist brand, you're going to get a lot farther. Mm -hmm. You don't though, because you're like, well, I just don't like it. It makes me, makes me feel icky. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's one thing to feel icky looking at your cell phone. It's another thing to feel icky with some slimy program director calling you sweet bottom or demeaning you or not showing up. It's another thing to feel icky when you actually feel icky and you got to go sing mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> and pretend you don't feel icky. Right, yeah. <laughs> okay. And it's another thing to feel icky in front of somebody who just doesn't give a crap about you. Yeah. And they get to tell you right to your face. And you get those kinds of feels. So, hey, surprise, you're a marketer either way. You get to choose, you know, which one you want to be, guys. That takes us to the end of another uh, Killer Climb episode here, guys. 
Make sure you leave a rating and review. Join the Climb community. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell a friend about it. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.